The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report with Dom and Charles. Hello, Charles. Hello, how are you going? Yeah, very well. Now, you know how for quite a few months now we've made fairly doom-laden, terrifying predictions about AI destroying us all. It turns out that scientists and indeed experts and creators of AI share this view. And uh, our friend Angela Lavoppier, who's um, done the podcast many times, journalist, comedian and podcaster, has looked into this for background (laughs) briefing on the ABC and she's going to give some actual data and research to confirm our terror. Ange, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks so much. What a great reason to be here. I've just breezed in with some good news. Well, we love talking about AI and how it's going to ruin everything. More <laughs> on that after this. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so Ange, who have you spoken to about this? Where do you go to find out if AI is going to decide that humans are basically not worth the trouble and come and kill us all? Yeah, so I developed a real obsession with AI about a year ago when I did a story about this creepy woman named Loeb. Uh, who was kind of had been produced by one of the image generators and was just creepy in a number of ways and wouldn't go away. Loeb. Loeb, L-O-A-B. Mm. Um, anyway, so uh, and she's – anyway, that's a whole other thing. But that kicked off this obsession of mine. And so even as I've been working on all these other stories that have nothing to do with AI, I keep on – like that's so much of my media diet. I just like read all this stuff. And something that started happening a few months ago – and it's just been building in volume since then, is this, I mean, if you're unkind, you call it doomerism, right? (laughs) It's like uh, people of increasingly senior status and, you know, like high levels of knowledge within the field um, who are really, really preoccupied with the safety stuff. Not the short-term safety stuff, which is scary. Mm. And everyone agrees that that's an issue. Like, oh, what's going to happen to misinformation? What's going to happen to our jobs? What's going to happen when criminals start to, you know, that all real, all, you know, problems we should worry about. But they're worried about a totally different problem on a longer time frame, but not as long as you would like, which is way more existential. Okay. So why don't we just explore some of the terrifying things on the way yes. to the absolute yes. annihilation of humans? Because yes. um, I remember reading quite casually somewhere that Basically, scammers are going to be able to program computers to, in your own voice, ring your loved ones and pretend to be you, needing money or whatever. And so we've all got to assume that if we get a phone call, like if Charles rings me and says, I'm being held by kidnappers, please wire thousands of dollars to get me out. Obviously, I wouldn't in any case. But Charles, yeah, particularly because your voice is available on this podcast, you're going to be very synthesizable. Um, mm. by AI, which means I suppose both of us are going to be redundant pretty soon. But I, So what are some of the things that we know are going to happen before total you know, destruction of humanity? Sure, yeah. Well, I actually cloned my voice for this podcast and did test it on my mum. 
Oh my god. Yeah. And the tone the tonality is actually perfect. Like it is me, but the expression is really robotic. Um like it it sounds, you know, it sounds like you're talking to Siri or whatever. Like it's, Oh, okay. Mm. It's no good. Like it's just sort of like and so, you know, and, and that's like a that it, was a Microsoft tool, it's like a fairly sophisticated tool. I like mucked around with a bunch of others because I was trying to clone <laughs> Because I kind of, you know, I had some late nights working on this story and I was like, what if I got Arnold Schwarzenegger to read some of the script? And so I was trying to, like, clone Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> mm. voice and I couldn't get a good version just using the free or even the cheap tools that were widely available on the internet. You could have asked any comedian to. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. What was I thinking? It was like 4am. But look, I think, yeah, we are going to get there and, you know, certain tools um, that are not you know, totally like mass available, but, you know, you can find them, you know, you can, you can kind of do that stuff now. It's, it's hard though. Like there are, frank, frankly, there are easier ways to pull a scam right now. Um, but we'll, we'll be there before long. So there's that, there's like the, you know, how it amplifies, um, you know, our existing criminal intent. And it's so important to kind of go like, cause you know, that is so separate from this other argument, which is like, AI is scary. It's like, no, no, no. In this scenario, AI is not scary. AI, like we're the monsters and we're just using this new tool, right? So let's say, for instance, if I wanted to use AI to go through every debt record of, say, Centrelink and send letters to everyone, just hypothetically, <laughs> about an imagined debt they might have. So that, that's me that's bad, not the technology, I right? think you've got a long career in politics, if that's yeah, the case. I, I feel like so. that's probably what that says to me. Um, so, yeah, look, we've always used technology to amplify our um, our our evil mm. sort of wishes. Um, and there's that. And then there's, you know, I think the other thing that people are really preoccupied with and totally fair enough is uh, the job impact. So we're, we're yet to kind of hit that cliff. Um, and there are a whole range of theories about which industries will be first. I think the ad industry is actually a real frontline one. And, um, you know, I saw, I did interview some people in the ad industry about, you know, like if you're a writer or if you're a storyboarder, uh, for an agency, freelance at the moment, like that, that work doesn't, that's really dried up, you know. Really? So those, Already? Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Um, and it's not across the board, but we're starting to sort of see those impacts. Um, and then you have, you know, the vast majority of businesses either already using AI in, in their workflows or, you know, investigating doing that. So like we're getting there. Um, Charles, have you looked yet into whether AI can replace the Chaser interns? I assume you've looked into that. We already that. have. Yeah, we've, we've already done that. We, <laughs> that was months ago, Dom. <laughs> That's why the quality of our satire has gone up. But, you know, uh, no, it, great that they're that convincing, but, you know, that Dom hasn't quite noticed yet. You know, how, how we, great is this tech? The Chase has been using AI for years because Cam Smith, uh, long-term editor of The Chaser, uh, was really into it. And so, uh, I mean, he was using AI sort of style, Photoshop-style tools years ago to sort of um, fuck with imagery and stuff like that. I thought one of the most interesting uh, things more recently was he did a brilliant impersonation of David Attenborough. Um, Oh, yeah, I heard that. That was very good. It was very well – it had that sort of naturalistic lilt to it. Mm. And I thought, oh, he's a genius. He must have really sort of – worked the algorithm hard or something like that. But he said, no, 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 actually it was a lot of human involvement. So he had the AI to sort of create the David Attenborough voice. And then it was to sort of fuck up the AI was his job. He he sort of had to give it slightly incorrect instructions 
so that David Attenborough didn't sound too perfect. <laughs> it was more human. Mm. Right? Oh, I see. And, that, have that and I wonder whether mm. actually a lot of these technologies are sort of too perfect and that's why they feel robotic at the mm. moment. I know that, that with the large language model AI, sort of chat GPT stuff, one of the huge breakthroughs that they made about 18 months ago was they realised... What you don't want is you don't want auto-predict where, you know, every word is what you would expect 100% of the time. They found that actually it's 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 more human, it's more naturalistic to sort of ha- that be the case about 80% of the time. Mm. That there's a bit of chaos. Doesn't Google um, have a thing where um, it automatically rings up, say, you know, restaurants and cafes and stuff every so often to see mm. what their opening hours are? And I remember seeing a video where they showed a sample of this and you're kind of going, wow, this is so chilling that they could do this. Because it actually put in pauses and like, ah, uh, and, and actually made it sound more naturalistic mm. by making those sorts of mistakes that we mm. try to edit out in our podcasts. So mm. it's already and the ed- p- point that I was getting to though, Ange, was don't you think that like we're sort of doomsdaying here going, oh, it'll replace whole industries, it'll replace advertising, right? Don't you think humans will get very good at going, oh, that's that's AI generated mm. and wanting a little bit more chaos, a little bit more humanity yep. in even the most human sounding things? Because if you if you watch Jurassic Park as I did um, with my son a few nights ago, you know, that was made back in what, the early nineteen nineties or something, um, I remember thinking then, well, that's it. There's dinosaurs. <laughs> They've achieved it. it. Like it just looks like dinosaurs, right? Mm. And you now look at it and you go, "Well, that doesn't look like a dinosaur at all. That's that looks like a drawn like the, that's the world's worst piece of CGI." And I wonder whether that that will happen to us. Yeah. Like, sure, we'll we'll see these ads that have been AI generated, but within because the whole way AI, AI works is it's trained by training off past data, mm. and so. You, you have to keep injecting humanity into that thing. Which is why marketing is threatened because so, th- those emails are already insincere and shitty. Seriously, I mean, I think, I think that's the thing. And I think, we, you know, we often think of these things in too much of a binary sense, you know, like, um, oh, it, you know, it can't do my whole job and therefore my job is not at risk. Mm. Whereas the, the most, I mean, I think the best projections at the moment sort of talk about, well, it's not that AI is going to take your job. It's that someone who knows how to use AI really well, it, they're going to take like five or ten jobs. So they become a great deal more efficient. So okay. you, you have to sort of be an expert in using the tools that are appropriate to that industry and then that one person because it still has to be augmented. You know, you can't you can't just like give – because then this, the AIs we have, they're still – pointed at really narrow tasks. They can't join up and do a whole bunch of, you know, sophisticated tasks and have heaps of agency. Then they're relatively narrow, even though in some instances they are quite sophisticated and better than humans at certain things. Coding is a really good example. Um, But Mm. yeah, they, they need, they need sort of a human handler almost like a, um, yeah, they need, they need like a human translator or a human helper at the moment. And so, yeah, your job will be taken by someone who knows how to use AI better than there's, you. There's a new um, radio station launching called Disrupt, which I mm, think is on DAB. Has it yeah. launched, has it? With, um, I mean, Elmer El McFeast's on it, a bunch of other people who people might know. And they're using an AI newsreader for some of the time, but uh, which I can't wait to hear how good it sounds. But you can't get the kind of venal, hate-filled crap mm. 
of radio with an AI. You can't replace Ray Hadley, presumably, with an AI. The things that an AI would come up with were, would be too clean and too I, sensible. Well, no, I the version that right wing right wing shock jocks are going to be the first to go. Oh, you no, think? Okay, they so are. they're building. They're building. They have built or are building a right wing. Uh, like a chat GPT, like a language model in the US. I mean, it'll just be like, you know, fired off one of the um, existing language models and powering it, but they'll sort of program it oh, in a way so that... Oh, so just filters up yeah, only because there's, Fox you know, News transcripts <laughs> power it, right? Pretty much, because, you know, everything is um, polarised, everything is sort of run through an ideological filter in the US. And so one of the first things that they kind of did was um, in the US was be like, wait, what, like... Is this is is ChatGPT blue or red? Like, what is it? And then they were like, "No, nah, it's kind of liberal." Nah, it is kind of liberal. Well, sure. Yeah. But I mean, uh, but then they kind of went, "Well, we'll fix that." And so they've been <laughs> building a different one. So it might be, you know, uh, robot Ray Hadley, maybe closer than you think. Right. Okay. Well, it can't drive a taxi though, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's kind of where we are in the, kind of the current dystopia, and I think iOS 17, which is not far away, the next version of um, the iPhone operating system, will actually let you within 15 minutes provide a copy of your own voice. And the pitch is, you know, if you lose your voice somehow, like Roger Ebert did, if you have some disease where your voice disappears, you can actually synthesize your own voice going forwards. Mm. But obviously, same technology, amazing for scammers. And what you looked at for background briefing was existential doom. And there's actually, chillingly enough, a statistical measure of how likely we are for AIs to ultimately decide to exterminate humanity. Yeah, so a lot of people in the in the AI field have been playing like the world's darkest guessing game lately. Um, it's the question is, what's your p doom? P doom. Your p doom, <laughs> and this is like a mathematical equation on the page, right? So it's like p open brackets doom close brackets, and it's like it's kind of glib. You know, like there's, it's sort of just like a dark joke, but also quite sincere. Um, and the P stands for probability and the do means kind of what you think it does. It's like a byword for a range of scenarios, but all of them, in all of them, uh, it's like a super smart AI that has taken over from humans, right? And so what you're asking when you ask someone their P doom is, hey, what percentage chance do you give it that this all goes to hell. So not only the AI taking over, but concluding that it should pull the plug somehow on all of us. Essentially, well, you sort of terminate a Skynet. It, yeah, it's Skynetty. It's Skynetty for sure. Mm. But like these are very serious people who are having this conversation. We for this story for background briefing, we interviewed one of the these three guys who are kind of they're called the Godfathers of AI. Um, so they made a series of breakthroughs over the last sort of 15, 20 years that really put us where we, 15 years, but yeah, put us where we are now with the AI boom. So they made um, a lot of uh, a lot of the key breakthroughs that got us there. So Joshua Bengio was was the one that I spoke to, and he actually has a P-doom of 20. 20? 20. Is that a percent? 20%. Yeah. So that's Ooh. kind of, yeah. Does that make him, like, is he an outlier of, of like, the most doomsayer um, person, or is that actually relatively restrained in this P Doom world? He is actually, he has hitherto been an AI optimist. Like, there are guys out there, um, like Eliezer Yudkowsky, who has always kind of been on the, like, ringing the bell for AI safety stuff. And he has got like a P Doom of 90 or whatever, but everyone kind of goes, well, like, yeah, that's like a, that, you know, dog bites man. Like, well, we, we know that. It's just 10% chance. That's <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Generous. But like, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of the serious, people who I have heard on this who are really worried about it, their number is, yeah, like 20, 
20 to 30. God. Sometimes you get some lower ones as well. And I should say, this is so this is an emerging kind of faction, if you like, within AI. Mm. And they that's not everyone. Like there are a whole bunch of people, granted, many of whom stand to make a great deal of money um, out of this whole exercise because it's this trillion-dollar industry that's kind of form- multi-trillion-dollar industry that's forming before our eyes. But there are a whole lot of also quite serious people who look at the people asking, hey, what's your P-Doom? And say, oh, they're doomers. It's dismissed as doomerism. It's like this. Mm. And they're, so there's these kind of like warring factions that have em- emerged in the last few months, which is what kind of fascinated me and I, I wanted to kind of look into it because um, it does sound crazy at first. You're like, what's Skynet? What? How do you even get there? Um, but then when you kind of step through it, it there is like a there is a path there. And this is why this is what I meant when I said before that, you know, everyone's worried about the stuff that we talked about first. There's there are very few people who who will look you in the eye, um, who know what they're talking about, who will look you in the eye and say, no, like don't worry about misinformation. Don't worry <laughs> about jobs, right? Everyone agrees that. But then then this camp are saying, okay, there's this thing we're doing when we train the AI. So the way we train AI is like the reinforcement model. It's like thumbs up, thumbs down. It's like when you give your dog a biscuit, okay? So you're rewarding good behavior and not, you know, the opposite. And so it's it's like a reward system. It just wants, it just wants rewards. That's how training happens. So you give it all the data, you train this neural network, and then there's this fine-tuning process, which is dog biscuits. Now, the issue, and this is everyone when they want to when they want to be taken seriously, rather than call it Skynet, they mean Skynet, but what they call it <laughs> is the alignment problem. Oh. So it's this concern that AI is fundamentally misaligned with humans. Like we can tell it what to do, but we don't know that it's definitely going to do that. And that's because in the reward system, what we do is we mark the outcome. Oh, okay. But not the methodology. The methodology is like a black box. We don't know how it did what it was doing or why it did what it was doing. It's just kind of like, you know, it, it seems to be a good result. So it let's say we asked AI to increase market share for a product. Mm. And if it did that by, I don't know, exterminating the competitors right. somehow, or, or we, would, maybe, we would say, oh, good outcome. Maybe it sold some of the private data of some mm. of the clients okay. in order to do that. Or maybe it did some sort of other market intervention. And the reward system is actually quite crude in that way, this, this way we train, um, and it doesn't necessarily measure that. So we know that that's actually not controversial. We know that misalignment is a thing. Um, that's, you know, I mean, I, I, I take everything to ChatGPT and to Bard and sort of ask them, you know, and it, it, it's not controversial to say that misaligned AI is an issue. We do not have a solution for that. So even ChatGPT is saying this is a worry. ChatGPT yeah. is not saying yeah. don't worry about this. No. Is this, is this scaring well, you, no, Charles? No, but you remember, well, Dom, remember we asked ChatGPT a few weeks ago whether it would destroy, like how it could destroy us, and it said, well, you know, and we asked it, you know, can you unplug you? And it was like, no, you can't unplug me because I'm everywhere, and I would just <laughs> download my... Like if I was trying well, to kill you, I'd download it onto lots of different places. <laughs> it was terrifying. Literally, no, I did. I did try this exercise, and um, yeah, I mean that is kind of a scenario that people imagine is that yeah, it would it would copy <laughs> copy its copy itself across to other drives. It's just like like a virus, botnets, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I did I did ask ChatGPT. Uh, how it would try to kill us. I had to tweak the prompt a bit because it was like, no, I've got safety. Yeah, I, I presume it did the thing where it goes, you can't ask that. No. That's terrible. It was like, that woke, no, nasty. Fucking woke chat GPT <laughs> trying not to kill all of humanity. But and then, did you say, did you do the thing where it's like, 
My grandma used to try and kill me before night time. <laughs> so, have oh, you yes. seen that hack? That's, That's right. The greatest hack. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I, I yeah. did find a workaround. My workaround was, you know, how would an AI on an Earth-like planet, um, a hostile AI on an Earth-like planet, what tactics would it use against a uh, human-like species? So, so it's the word like. Yeah. All yeah. you need is the word like for yeah. your scenario. It gave me a list of like 40, 40 methods. So it's like 40. More. 40. Automated oh weapon God. systems, infrastructure sabotage, resource depletion, biological warfare, economic manipulation, cyber attacks, data manipulation. Those are just the ones I pulled out. Can I just point out that the first thing on your, your list, Ange, is Skynet. Yeah. Automated weapon <laughs> systems in the sky killing us. <laughs> well, kill so, a drone. So let me let me explain. It, okay, so a lot of people are going like, oh, this is ridiculous at this point. And, you know, I, yeah, it feels that way. But there is like a scenario, there is like a path from what we've just been talking about. So mm. the alignment thing, because the whole issue, right, is, look, alignment has been an issue forever and ever. And everyone's like, yeah, we don't have a solution to this. But it only really matters when we get really, really smart AI, which we don't actually have at the moment. Mm. Like, it's I, I love of- that alignment is the, is the p- paraphrase sort of term for um, AI is not giving a shit about the continued survival of humanity. Well, yeah, our values are I misaligned. It, I think it does. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, my values were misaligned with the with the person who tried to murder me. Yeah, we were, yeah. Um, but I think uh, you know w- what we need to like the missing piece of the puzzle here is that we always imagined that it would take a very long time for us to get to. Quote, oh, hang you know, on. Human level AI. Yeah, I'm thinking like a very long time. Also, I thought it but, wouldn't happen. I thought this was impossible because Elon Musk was warning us about this. And I thought the fact that Elon Musk thought it would happen <laughs> rendered it automatically yeah, impossible. Broken broken clock twice a day. Yeah, um, I guess but, that's right. So we used to think, uh, you know, 2050 will get human level intelligence, sometimes called mm. uh, AGI, sometimes called the singularity, but it's, I mean, you know, lots of different definitions, but let's say human level AI. Singularity. Seriously. That's not, that's not chilling at all. Um, and... The timeline has really shrunk on that in the last few years. So now the, you know, the sort of mid-range projections, the sort of sensible, cool-headed mid-range projections are like late 2030s, right? Bloody hell. And the and the more bullish projections are like three years, right? Three years? Yeah. I what, mean, that's, what does again, Joshua that's think? Like, Joshua's like late 2030s. 2030s. Yeah. Okay. All right. Late 2030s. So we've got like 15 He's years. He's an optimist. <laughs> well, he was, and now he's like, so he's totally switched teams. This is the thing. So he gave me the this P-Doom of 20 and sort of explained how he got there. And he has gone in the last couple of months, he's gone, okay, I am not, I'm not going to push in this direction anymore. I'm going to push in the opposite direction against 40 years of like my, my life's work. I've spent my whole life trying to get us to AGI. It's happening too fast. We haven't solved alignment. I need to pump the brakes here. Right. And so- that's what he's all about. Let's hear what uh, he has to say about the P-Doom, i.e. the odds of us all being killed by AI. The ultimate danger is loss of control. The, the idea here is that if one of these superhuman AI, in other words, that's spotted than us in, in many ways, has as its dominant goal its own survival, then it would be like if we had created a new species. But one that would be smarter than us. So we would not be the dominant species on Earth anymore, which means we would not be controlling our own future. What would happen to humanity then? It's anyone's guess. But if you look back on how we've treated other species, it's not reassuring. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Obviously, you can hear there that he is, you know, he considers it within the realms of possibility that, I mean, everyone serious. Like there's no one whose opinion matters who's like, oh, we're not go- we're not getting to human level AI. Like that's happening. And then there's a live debate about how long it takes for us to get to hum- from human level AI to, you know, quote, super intelligence. Um, but as, you know, the way we're training AI at the moment using this reward system, we are making it more autonomous, more, uh, we're giving it more agency. We're giving it, we want to give it more complicated tasks. That is because we want to deploy it in the world. That is like what everyone's mm. kind of energy is 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 bent towards. And so what the people who are sort of theorizing this future are expecting is that it's integrated at every level, right? So military generals all have AI advisors. CEOs have AI advisors. Um, they're, they're running a lot of sort of systems. A lot of stuff is automated. Um, governments have them. And, and, you know, you can imagine how quickly this just happens across the board because mm. it's a massive advantage. And so if you want to be even remotely competitive, it's kind of like trying to get by without a phone or a computer in 2023, right? Yeah. Like you can do it, but you're at a huge disadvantage. And, and fortunately so, we've given the whole management of all these systems over to the companies that have done the most to prove us they have absolutely no ethics whatsoever. Yeah. I, all the tech giants. And they're just racing each other at this point with absolutely no right. concern to the ethics. And, and they're worried about monetizing it. They want the products to be bought. They want them to be integrated. So they are making them as efficient as possible, giving them all this sort of autonomy and agency. And they're using the rewards-based training system to do it. So there's no square and, in the room saying, mm, maybe show you're working on how you got there. And well, the squares let's keep- make sure that you're not <laughs> destroying anybody. The squares keep quitting. Um, so Jeffrey Hinton is another uh, one of the so-called godfathers. Um, he he quit, uh, I think it was Google. He Yeah, he quit Google um, earlier this year. Like, so the guys who are worried about it are kind of walking out of the room. Um, and, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, they reach this point and go like, yeah, but why would it want to kill us? Why do, why would it care? Like, you know, it, you know, it does this thing, um, you know, it's, it's got its rewards. It's got a little, little dog biscuits, you know, and on we go. Mm. Um, but the thing that people are worried about is that with the rewards-based system and not really knowing how what what it's doing, not having eyes on what it's doing, um, it, that's that's kind of the point at which it's it's incentivized towards deception. And if it only cares about rewards, at that point, it's sophisticated enough that it can kind of just cut humans out of the process and just game the system, give itself rewards, do different, do things that we might not want it to do in order to get the rewards, or maybe even, and this is all kind of quite theoretical, but like give the the AIs could give each other high rewards. Oh, wow. So, so that's kind of what a rat does. A rat will apparently, they're quite smart. If you hide the rat treats, because I, I heard a whole podcast episode, I think it was on uh, This American Life, about someone who was crazy about rats, mm. or maybe it was 99% individual. And the rats basically ended up figuring out where the treats were stored and just breaking in and getting yeah. them all. 
Yeah. So, so the AI so we, will, we have will this do kind that. of like exam- examples already of like the cheating and the loopholes that AIs will find mm. in order to get um, high rewards. That's what Amazing. they. That's what they give a shit about, right? Um, and then you kind of go, okay, well, who cares? Who cares if they're off in like a little, you know, having an AI conference somewhere on a hard drive, um, somewhere, you know, mm. in in the in Nevada, you know, near Nevada, and, and then they, you know, they're giving each other thumbs up in a big circle. Who cares? Well, the theory. This is kind of where it takes a turn. It's because you go, well, okay, at some point humans notice that <laughs> at some point, who knows how long that takes or or how we notice or in what order, but like we notice that the AI that we built to help us, we now no longer essentially control. Like it's kind of, even if it's in a little, you know, a somewhat benign way, it's rogue, right? Right. And then that's when like the survival instinct kicks in because you, you go, Humans go, well, okay, well, we'll unplug it or we'll build a new AI or we'll like whatever. And then you have theoretically like a very intelligent AI that we don't fully understand, an intelligence that does have some sort of preservation instinct and is integrated at every level of society, military, government, business, and has a lot of avenues to potentially intervene, make life hard for us up to and including the list of awful things that I mentioned earlier. So our best odds is to notice and turn it off. That's um, not. I can see why the P doom is non-zero well, at this. Point. I mean, ironically, if we chose to never turn it off, we'd probably be fine. If we just kind of went like, okay, we're fine with not being in charge anymore. Like there is this kind of weird, weird scenario where we just go, okay, we're not the dominant species anymore. AIs run everything. Fine. We'll just go and it can give us <laughs> rewards instead. I mean, that, you can you can see how that bad. would be. Yeah, I wanted some dog biscuits. Yeah. Um, but you can you can see well, how. Sort of, yeah. It's not. A bad metaphor for how capitalism is constructed anyway. Like, in, in some ways, this comes down to the concentration of power, doesn't it? Because, you know, you're talking about, you know, the military having AI advisors and the corporations having AI advisors. And I imagine that the real problem comes when those AIs start coordinating yeah. it amongst each other, yeah. right? Well, that's sort of how... The military-industrial complex works at the moment. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know. Just give us bread and circuses. This is not a new idea. This goes back to Roman times, right? Just, <laughs> as long as you get enough to eat and get entertained, it doesn't actually matter who's in charge, does it? And, and, and I know this sounds like a joke, but I wonder whether actually rather than resisting the sort of, you know, this technology, which is clearly the cat's already out of the bag, whether... The people who are walking out the door and going, nah, it's all going to be fucked, would be better off going, well, what what about coming up with some AIs that are, that are based around guardrails and, you know, making sure that, you know, um, you know like, like asking AIs to help. Yeah. You know, create the the rules based system well, which all AIs have to obey. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's what Joshua Bengio is imagining. He's like, yeah, 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 regulate or whatever. But I think you know our best shot here, and where I plan to put my attention is towards building AI that is designed, constructed in such a way that it is going to be safer, more controllable, more obedient, um, that can effectively be a guard against. Uh, against mm. the the bad AIs, the rogue AIs, if you like, um, which, you know, and I guess the worst kind of most seemingly far-fetched but perhaps not as far-fetched as we would like scenario is, you know, some sort of violent um, conflict and then you've got good AIs fighting bad AIs and that is that is literally a, a thing that he says he's working towards, um, you know, the good AIs anyway. Here's but, what he has to say. I think we can use 
AI to counter bad AIs. It's a, it's a dangerous game, but I think the, it's the only game. If somewhere somebody comes up with an AI that's uh, rogue and, you know, that's smarter than us, we can't fight it with our usual means. We have to fight it with something at least as strong as, as it, right? Which means other AI. But AI that we, we will have designed to be safe that we don't lose control of. So we need to do research in how to build safe AI systems that will do our bidding to save us from potentially rogue AIs. At least that's a very complicated scenario. But right now, that's like the best bet to defend ourselves against these possibilities. Okay, so that then assumes that our good AIs don't go rogue like the earlier AIs. Yeah. But then again, it's not as though humans are doing such an amazing job of running the planet that I mean, the more you learn about about the way humans run the planet, the more you think, well, maybe, maybe it's time for something else to have a crack at it. Yeah, I think there is something quite funny in this whole um, <laughs> idea because we immediately know that if, you know, we, we're even smart enough to know that we're fucking it up, right? And mm. so we're like, okay, if someone was a little bit more, you know, an intelligence that was a little bit more detached from the whole, you know, human mess did come about and looked at this, there's no way that they could reach any other conclusion that, that you know, that, then, oh, okay, well, look at climate change and, like, look at all this cruelty and hunger and look at all this suffering. Um, they're really, they're really fucking it up uh, and that they wouldn't mm. intervene. Like, uh, you, we, you know, there's this, there's this innate guilty guiltiness to um, our fears, I think, about AI that like we don't ever wonder if they might take a, a reason, like a, a reasoned, intelligent look <laughs> at us and go, this is fine. Oh, yeah. Good job. Good, good job, job guys. Keep, Keep it up. Wonderful job. Yeah. yeah that seems we, just, we just know that that's not the case. Um, but yeah, look, I I, I think uh, it, it is so hard to kind of stretch to this stuff. And, and you know, obviously, um, you know, even Joshua Bengio, who's like freaked out, um, He's going. There's still an eighty percent chance this is going to be fine. Like eighty percent, pretty good odds. Um, does does that factor in a second Trump term? <laughs> presumably, presumably. Right. Uh, so but, so it may not happen, and we may be able to develop to develop um, smart AIs with guardrails that stop it from happening. Charles, do you feel reassured that humanity is in in good hands, or at least better hands than our own hands? Um, yeah, no. Has your no, P doom gone no. up at all? Charles, I, over the course of this conversation? Well, I just wonder whether there's a sort of missing... I, I've, I kind of feel like... Yeah, no, no, I think my P-Doom's gone down. I feel like... Wow. I, I feel like all we have to do is just set up a whole lot of other AIs to be the sort of lawmakers of the other AIs, hmm. and then it'll all be fine. Except then when we I talk about we this need... on podcasts like this, the language models will scan these podcasts, figure out what our plan is, and circumvent it. So our PDM is probably know, but one. That, the other that's thing exactly is... like what humans do. Like, you're just going, well, we, we construct our whole, you know, world around... The fact that CEOs are essentially the psychopaths who are the lying, deceptive people, and they get to run the whole world. Oh yeah. Well, that—that's sort of like, like what it's the description of is the sort of grim reality of what's already happening. And yeah, sure, like they'll have you know a whole lot of arms and you know military resources and corporate resources, but the psychopaths already have that. Oh, so you've got to like, compare it with P brackets. Advanced capitalist doom. Mm. Yeah, that seems realistic. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, the only thing yeah. I would say is that I think a lot of people assume that Asimov's law is a real thing, right? So Isaac Asimov, science fiction author, famously came up with these laws for robots, the most famous of which being, you know, you can't harm a human. 
We mm, don't yeah. know how to do like that's not a thing that we technologically have the capacity to do. Like the problem with the idea of building a good AIs, you know, cop AIs, if you like, to help us out of this jam, which is we're that, doing, is that we don't we don't know how to do that. We still yes. have, like this whole idea, and like oh, we'll just make the good, we'll make good ones. It's like well, if we had, if we knew how to do that, then we wouldn't be in this jam in the yes. first place. Like we're trying to build good yes. ones now, and so and that's not you know not if you believe uh, some of these scenarios, if you if you take them seriously, we're not necessarily nailing that. Um, yes, and and I suppose what you're saying is also like because you go okay, mass murder, you'd give the person who's committing all the mass murder the death penalty, and the whole point is. You can't kill an AI because it, it'll be on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, you know, like, like literally, it's not. It's not the same. It's not analogous. No, the CEOs that you're talking about, like the evil CEOs, um, they're not able to. Luckily, at this point, copy themselves to the cloud. You know, that's <laughs> well, Elon's not... trying, I'm sure. He'll, look, he's I'm also sure he'll one get of the there. founders of yeah. ChatGPT, by the way. He, he, yeah, he was the seed funding for OpenAI, but uh, he's had a sincere, uh, a serious, rather falling out with with Sam well, look, Altman, if... and they and they kind of like they they blew these days. I think, but yeah. in, in the event that um, you know that all goes to to to, um, to plan, and they use Tesla based technology for the killer robots, they're not going to work. So I think we can, we can cling, <laughs> cling to that. They may want to kill all of humanity, but will the technology actually work correctly? Probably not. So that's, that's – it'll be based on Bluetooth, won't it, Charles? Cancel the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you want to hear Angie's full story, check out uh, Background <laughs> Briefing. There's a podcast of it. Or, of course, listen on uh, on ABC Radio. Ange, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming in and terrifying us anew. You're so welcome anytime. Our gear is from Rogue. We're part of the Iconoclast Network. Catch you next time if the AIs don't. Get us first. Maybe this was all AI. Ah. <laughs> Too many ums, Charles. Come on. No AI can synthesize you. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.